Hey everybody, welcome to the Big Monday Show. This is the Going in Circles Podcast Network. My name is Charles Simon. I am the host of the Going in Circles Podcasts. My co-host, Barry Spears, will be with us right after the first break. We're going to talk about what else? Baffert versus Naira, Naira versus Baffert. Kind of a interesting off-day little... Well, I guess it's not a court case, but a little hearing. Uh, we'll talk about the Pegasus. We'll talk about the LeCompte. And we'll talk about the Louisiana Stakes. And uh, well, whatever else suits us. So, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be back in just a minute. Hey guys, I wanted to make you aware of a new company that's out they're making some really cool apparel and other swag fan tack www.fan-tack.com check it out they've created a bunch of logos and stuff for uh, an expanding list of jockeys and they also are doing some going in circles swag so if you want any uh t-shirts or hats hoodies and cell phone covers check it out fantac f-a-n-t-a-c-k Pleasant Acre Farms is a full service breeding operation located in Morriston, Florida just outside of Ocala if you want to get involved in the breeding business in the Sunshine State, or you're already involved, Pleasant Acre Farms is really the only place you need to know. Joe and Helen Barbazon, who are just great people, do a fantastic job taking care of your mare. Uh, they have a solid roster of 13 stallions with a really diverse group of pedigrees. Your mare will find a match at Pleasant Acre Farms. Currently, the star of Pleasant Acre Farm Stallion roster is Neolithic, who is by far a runaway winner of the Freshman Stallion of the Year here in the state of Florida. His son, Make It Big, just made it 3 for 3, winning the $400,000 Springboard Mile at Remington Park, earning 10 points towards the Kentucky Derby in the process. Pleasant Acre Farms is your one-stop shop for breeding in the state of Florida. Check them out at www.pleasantacrestallions.com or on Twitter at P-A-S Stallions. You can also give them a call at 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Stallions, check them out. Hello, Mr. Sniper. Hello, Mr. Simon. How are you? Evening. It's trying to stay warm. I can't lie. And I know that I know our listeners are going to be like, dude, it's only 60. It's actually in the 50s now here. You know, the thing is this, and I'm sure everyone despises us for talking about it, but it's not supposed to be cold here. I have no heat where I live. What do you mean? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yes. So, 
So it was rather chilly last night. It's not too bad right now, but uh, I mean, listen, we'll, we'll we'll survive. But actually, the worst day of the week is supposed to be Saturday. Saturday is supposed to be the coldest, chilliest day of the next seven. And that just happens to be Pegasus Day, which has been run on uh, on days where there was perfect weather. It's been run on days where it, it was poured cold. rain <laughs> the entire day. Uh, this will be the first cold weather, Pegasus. Well, I mean, I don't know. The the I I still think the jury's out on the weather situation. I don't think it's going to be as cold as they're saying it is today. I've you seen you have eking out a lot like of brothers. confidence, and I I've been following this weather situation because, you know, I mean, I guess the people that know me understand how I uh, dress for such occasions and I have to keep a close eye on these things so I can, you know, stay fly. You know what I'm saying? Shoes are going to be required. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a downfall to this whole thing, but that's, that's a whole nother issue. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, they were saying like it was going to be below 60. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be closer to, to 70. That's just... Well, let's, let's hope that you are right and the weather people are wrong and it's Florida. And Well, I guess it doesn't really matter where you are. The weather people are often wrong. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is I think that this... Because from what they're saying, it's going to be like 75 on Friday. And then literally like six hours later, it's going to be 60. But I don't. I think it's that weather that's supposed to be coming. The low front is gonna slow down and push that colder weather to Sunday. <laughs> I've been. I've been. Uh, trust me. I've been. I've been on top of this all day. Sniper's uh, weather radar. His, his weekly for his weekend forecast. It's Sniper Cantori. If Cantori shows up at this Pegasus, then <laughs> oh, we're doomed. <laughs> then you know we're in big trouble. I don't, I don't know. Like the weather's been kind of crazy. There was a volcano in Tonga. There was an earthquake in Haiti, and uh, it's going to be cold in. And there's going to be an upset at the Pegasus. How about that? A what? An upset? Yeah, there probably that's... will be, but on the undercard. No, the main, the main draw. Listen, man, I know you 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 like the the chaos, but I'm wish I'm wishful thinking. Those two horses are going to be so far ahead of the rest of those donkeys that it, it's not even going to be close. And if I called your horse a donkey and you're in the race and you're offended, too bad. Your horse is a donkey compared to those. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go back and 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 get audio clip. You can I, I will mark this down at at three fifty five of the <laughs> the show. I called everyone else donkeys, and yeah. it's not a. It's not you know. I mean, I'm not saying your horse is a donkey. Period. It's just a donkey compared to the other horses, who are roughly ten lengths better than your horse. But hey, you know what? Someone's going to be third. Someone's going to be fourth. And a friend of mine today told me, "Listen, it's possible upsets happen." For real, man. If well, the logic was that jockeys would fall off at the start of the race, and <laughs> if that happens, well, you know. All bets off, but um, yeah, I'm. I'm. If the field is not officially set, but uh, 
Stiletto Boy or find out tomorrow, right? Or uh, uh, Winston, Sir uh, Sir Winston Thorpe is is Sir uh, Winston can dig deep. One time, yeah, he can dig he's deep. Retire right after that. Just win the Pegasus. After, after this race, they're gonna retire him. He's gonna yep. be a ditch so digger. Go out on top, big boy. He's gonna go. He's gonna go on top right back to. <laughs> <laughs> right, right back, back to, to getting ready for for Woodbine for the uh, whatever they have in, in May at Woodbine going a mile on a sixteenth on the synthetic track. Um, I really don't have a great feel for who's going to be in any of these races. Uh, I mean, I've seen some of the you know the probables, and I mean, I'll kind of withhold judgment till after the races are drawn uh, later this week, but um. Tomorrow, the Philly and Mare race looks looks like a an interesting race. I mean, there's no standouts, that's for sure, but uh, I mean that makes it uh, kind of an interesting race. Um, yeah, we're gonna blow up the tote board. Somebody, somebody's gonna blow up the tote board. The turf race. I mean, we've been lamenting the how do we say it uh, politically correct uh, lack of top quality in the turf division for like I don't know three years. Um. But uh, one of the one of the ones that is pretty good uh, is coming though off of a long, long layoff. That's Mister Pletcher's horse who uh, who won last year, coming back to defend his title. Yeah, that it's going to be interesting how how the betting plays out in that race because you know the only only horse anybody knows really is going to be Colonel Liam, you know, depending. And Mike, the make maker, former claimer contingency which he always seems to have two or three four for this race you needed him last year right yes yes i, I thought i remember that yeah yeah um, yeah didn't show up but so uh I, I think he got fourth right yeah he, he kind of made a little he, he kind of made a brief run and that was right before the uh the the video that you got of the the guy that did the yes the pirouette he was doing some figure skating on on, on dry, dry ground <laughs> Uh, while maybe having sucked down a few of them $12 beers and uh, landed right in the chair, was, which actually was the, if they should have, you know, uh, no offense to the Eclipse Awards, but you kind of, you're boring, man. The beanies were better than the Eclipse Awards. Oh, and the fact of the matter is that there should be a racing video of the year. I mean, that would, that would certainly have to be the favorite, right? I mean, I'm a little biased, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, years ago we would have had the running of the the um. Oh, the 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 quarter parties there. Yes, at Preakness, Kegasus. They should bring back. You know what? Of all the things the Strana Group does, I can't believe that they haven't brought back Kegasus. They need now. to because that is a perfect fit. Like you want to talk about moving racing to a, to a next the next plane, Kegasus. That's the answer, man. Kegasus, I'm I'm with I'm for Kegasus. I'm down for Kegasus. For sure. Absolutely. There's two things Astronic Group doesn't do. Uh that I don't or do, doesn't promote that that they do really well. And number one was Kegasus. And number two was um is the Stronic Five. That's a really great bet. And you know, it's a low takeout bet. It, you see um I don't. I'm, I'm sounding a little like announcer Pete with without the voice here because that's his favorite bet. That's like the only time he bets like legitimate tracks. <laughs> you know, it's true. He, you know, he will bet like he's an obscure 
sports quarterly kind of guy. You know, you go up there in the summertime and visit him. And he's betting on some track in Idaho or the, the, the fairs in Utah. I don't even know how betting. And I mean, it's it's nuts. He bets on Caymans, the Jamaican track. Oh, boy. Yeah, he was trying. He was talking about like the track bias at the Caymans the other day, and but the Stronic Five is you know he he kind of got me looking at that race. And Golden Gate has been like the bane of my Stronic Five existence. And and I I know ITP like will shun me for saying this, but I almost have to go all into Golden Gate because I just have no idea what the hell's going on there, and I can get a three to five there beat. No problem. Saying that you're going all in a bet like that is like showing a vampire across and throwing holy water on it. There was a time, not it was. I'm trying to think of when it was. Um, that I had. Four out of the five. It was two late scratches, and I had one horse twice, the favorite twice. And and you know who won, right? Uh-oh. And he, of course, he beats the horse who I had twice, and it was paying damn good, too. That's the thing is you can get a bunch of five-to-one shots and below, and, and the thing Still will pay $1,500, $2,000. I mean, it's, it's nuts, yeah. but... Uh, well, I mean, you're onto something there because you know they they should, in my opinion, do a special bet for the Pegasus, like the Pegasus Five or something like that. I mean, and 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 I know they listen, so <laughs> maybe we'll see it next year. But oh, I don't know. You know, a low takeout. Uh, you know, right? The Pegasus uh, all Five, stake pick five or something. Yeah, the Pegasus Five would be so great. Maybe a little seed money. Exactly. You know, we, we can cross off like Ja Rule from the the concert and take his one. You know, or even break up the the race. His, the five grand that he gets paid. <laughs> Not five consecutive races. Five and, and just you know, seed a little bit, man. Like oh, the, the, this is the kind of thing that works. You need some creativity, but yeah, I'm with you. I I think they should do a special bet just for Pegasus Day. Why not? Yes, I, I I agree. I mean, it's. I think tracks need to start trying to 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 capitalize. I mean, certainly the stakes days, the big days, have worked for for them for the racetracks. All all the racetracks have 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 done this. Um, you know, I I'm unfortunately old enough to recall when Saratoga had a. A legitimate stakes every day, unlike now where they have some really nonsensical stakes on, on some of the weekdays. But uh, I remember when the test was run on on a Thursday. Um. But uh, I remember when the test wasn't Grade One. <laughs> I think when Lady Secret won it, I don't think it was a Grade One. It was a Grade. I think it was a Grade Two. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. That was kind of classy. Kathy won the test for Shug. When Shug was still Claude, and he was training for Lob Lolly, and and this was kind of before he became, you know, Shug, and and that kind of, I'm not saying that particular race or that particular horse, but that was kind of when, um, you know, the the spotlight kind of started to shine on him, and then, you know, he wound up getting the Phipps jobs not too long, uh, you know, not too long after, and and wound up 
becoming, of course, like, you know, a legendary trainer. But, um, yeah, I think if you're going to have the big stakes days, then, then give the people who are putting a lot of money through the windows a chance to bet into a really good bet and not a stupid rainbow bet. I mean, yes, yeah. a payoff race is a payoff jackpot bet is fine on payoff day, right? Right. Well, make it a Mando if they're going to do that. Right. Make but... it a Mando payout then that's a, that's a, at least better but ideally uh, like a, a a low takeout pick five would be perfect like absolutely perfect for a day like no that. perfecto especially honestly you know what you'd be better off probably having it earlier in the day right when you have big fields when you have some of the maiden races um hopefully on the turf and it kind of you know stretches out the day because it's a long day and of course you do have a bunch of stake races the uh, what the, what's the Philly uh, La Praviante? Right, the McKnight. Right, I mean, and those are always big fields, but good good races always too. And the days where you're going to have a tremendous amount of handle, like why not try to get more? Why not try to like you know capitalize on that? And and I know, I know, I know, I know. I know, I know what people are going to say, but listen, no, it's, it's just, not doom and gloom. That's it's, just it's, a suggestion. That's that's wanting the people to get the most out of that day. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not that's not negativity. That's that's actually positivity in my view. True, true that. We have plenty of negativity. I mean, we have oh, oh boy. Bob Baffert versus Naira on a on a Monday, <laughs> and throw a little little sprinkle of Saturday Night Live in there. I think parks canceled today because they they wanted to to watch the theater that turned actually into, uh, from all accounts, because I, I you know, clearly wasn't there, uh, turned into kind of a bore fest after after some some opening jabs in the beginning and, and I guess Mr. Baffert was theirs is uh, mm-hmm. for the for the hearing and don't know how long it's going to go. I'm I'm assuming that it's going to be over tomorrow, right? Yeah. I mean another day right because he's got to go out to the eclipse awards <laughs> when are the eclipse awards no i think they're they're the week after pegasus so i think that next week i think the seventh maybe i'm wrong february 7th could be wrong i can guarantee you i can absolutely positively guarantee you one thing for sure that the Going in Circles Big Monday show will never, ever, ever, ever attend the Eclipse Awards. <laughs> Not on purpose. <laughs> we could, we could, we could win like six of them. We're not going. No, we're watching. Nah, I, I got some friends <laughs> that I'm going to send in our place. <laughs> See, that would be a good idea. Send them place. This oh, I I have some friends, boy. They would be perfect. <laughs> but I honestly have no interest in Eclipse Awards. It's it's. You I send mean, air. I'll send Rodney. Rodney, really. <laughs> as long as the ice cream sandy Sunday's not served. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry for the inside joke, but after the Pegasus one year, uh, an ice cream sundae wound up getting served onto someone's face. It was a really good Sunday too, and it was kind of a tragic waste of ice cream. So good too. Uh, but uh, 
But anyways, uh, yeah, the show, like the awards show, but I don't like, I can't watch any awards shows to be honest. It's just, it's just dull. Yeah. But, um, I mean, you know, especially like something like the eclipse awards where there's really no like entertainment value at all. Like, <laughs> no, like the music and, you know, I mean the, the best you get is you might see somebody in the crowd with a stupid suit on. Or, you know what I mean? That's like the best. That's like the pinnacle of what you could get as far as any kind of entertainment value. Like, oh, what kind of suit is this jerk wearing? Yeah, I hear you. But And the fact of the matter is that 90% of them are, are not. There's no... Um, there's well, we no can tell you who's going to win before they, they show this. Mo most of them, yeah. It's it's not that difficult. And I, I just, I don't know. Listen, I'm not... I would have I would have never wanted to go to the board. It's not like this is like a recent thing. I mean, I'm not dressing up in any stupid tuxedo. I did that once in my life. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> if you're a friend of mine and you're getting married, I'm sorry. I ain't showing. So, I mean, so don't so don't, you're don't saying, put me in. You're saying I'll, I, maybe I'll show up for the after deal, whatever, but but I'm not putting on a tuxedo. So if 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 me and my wife decide to renew our vows and I say, hey man, you're gonna be my best man. You're gonna. If you and your wife decide to renew your vows, you're wearing slides. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> nope, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Believe me, if you see me in a tuck somewhere, I've been recruited by the uh, Secret Service, the English Secret Service, and I am now the new James Bond, and I'm probably going to uh, kill someone. So, but, uh, saying you're gonna be at the Pegasus on Saturday in a tuxedo. That's what you're telling. No, me. the the one good thing about it, if it's cold at the Pegasus, I have a lot of cold clothes that that I I don't wear. Because, I have zero, you know, bro. It's never cold. I have zero, and in fact, in preparation for this, I had to actively buy new pants because I don't have any. <laughs> I like that. Um, I was telling a little friend of mine today that. At one point in my life, I actually was successful and had a bunch of horses all over the place. <laughs> and I had a home in Louisville, and I had uh, I left clothes in New York, and I had uh, my ex-wife had a, an apartment in Manhattan that we left stuff in. I left stuff in Saratoga with my mom and dad. I had an apartment in Florida. So I just had separate clothes for every place. See, that's how you got to do it, man. Well, when I sold an apartment in Florida that stuff moved to Kentucky. And then when I sold the house in Kentucky and I got all my clothes together, the apartment in New York was sold. My mom and dad moved. So next thing you, you know, I'm looking at like 34 oh, pairs of jeans, <laughs> like 115 shirts. One pair. I mean, it was like ridiculous. One pair of pink pants. And the pink pants, I got the pink pants. I don't currently fit in the pink pants, so they will not be, be brought uh, brought out of retirement on Saturday. Um, but uh, yeah, I had uh, I had a lot of clothes. I had a lot of clothes. But uh, you know, I do have some 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 winter stuff, or at least cool weather stuff. I mean, it's, I don't have any parkas or anything, but. Well, I hope my prediction comes true because if it's 70, if it turns out to be 70, I'm wearing shorts. Uh, we'll see. I hope you don't. I hope you're not putting the, the jinx on us here. Mm -mm. Nope. Uh, Barshu did that already. What did he say? 
he said that it's going to be chilly. So it's obviously going to be the opposite of that. See? Uh, you might have a kick point there. See? Yeah. I paid this weekend is the, um, it, it's in a kind of a <clears throat> strange weekend to have this, right? It's the, um, no, it, it, this is not a strange, this is. I think the first uh, two thousand NHC the the handicapping oh, the, the big tournament is in uh, is in Vegas this weekend. Yeah, I think it was the same same last year too, right? Yeah, they well the one they had it in the summer. They got did it got canceled. In the oh, summer? that's right. Yeah, that's right. COVID times. Right. So. So that is this weekend, which. Um. No, which absolutely doesn't make any difference <laughs> to anyone that's not going there. But, uh, you know, good luck to the guys playing because uh, yeah, those are. There's also are, the South. It's, it's, the, the, I just looked the forecast up. It's down to 57. That's now. what they said. But I'm telling you, man, it's not going to be that cold. And windy. It's not going to be that cold. 25 mile an hour winds. Yeah, if that happens, you'll see my angry eyebrows all day. And it's kind of humid, too, which makes it worse. Super cold. It's not going to be that cold. It was supposed to be 42. 40-something, yeah. Nope, it's pushing off. They're going to be falling all over. Anybody comes down for the weekend, man. Prepare yeah, for make sure they get some video. I get it. On weekend, they will fall out of the trees. But uh, they are everywhere. And they're quick. Those things are fast. They are. I kind of live in uh, like a swamp almost. But uh, and yes, I saw mosquitoes. Today. Like these must be like the West Nile mosquitoes, right? It's, it's like fifty-five, and the mosquitoes are still buzzing around. But um. But anyways, we uh, we got entertained briefly today by the the Baffert uh, uh, the, the 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 guys reporting from uh, in New York. Um, I want to give a shout out to uh, from HR Nation. There, it was was doing oh, it. Look up his name. I'm sorry, I Matt. I know his Matt. first name. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yes. It's, it's kind of interesting that um, <laughs> you know, listen, I'm not a. I mean, most of my legal knowledge comes from like, uh, Law and Order, and like Judge Judy, and Judge. I mean, that, that's like you know, like legal knowledge. But it seems like Baffert's just going to play the hey, they're against me because I beat them all the time. Well, we hardly race in New York too. And they use dynamic one as a, as like a horse that was getting, um, because dynamic one with Medina spirit in the, uh, in the Kentucky Derby. But by that measure, Basically, three quarters of the owners in America would be barred from that because everybody beats Dynamic One. He hasn't won a race, and he hasn't. I mean, seriously, like Dynamic One. And and honestly, I, I did. Well, I have think him. they used that I one because in my numbers on on, on Derby did, did not. I, I think they included that horse because he was 
owned by somebody on the Naira board. I think that was the context of that. But, I mean, I, yeah, I think he didn't know. know. He didn't know. He didn't know. For <laughs> <laughs> example, for a lot of <laughs> Hey, listen, if, if, if you were firm's owner, you don't act. I, yeah, I, I mean, vice that's the one you're coming up with yeah I mean he hasn't won a race in over a year right even if even if like there's some vendetta against them they still have to kind of prove that there's some vendetta and without any actual like like that's not gonna sway anyone right I mean that was your go to huh Hmm. that was the one (laughs) and I don't know that they may have was the one that was he just doesn't seem like uh you know that own dynamic one would be like yeah we got to get rid of Bafford because you know uh, you know we would have actually got a check we would have been ninth I'll <laughs> be kind of you know, interesting uh, off off day, uh, Pegasus draw. Come on, Pegasus draw. Well, at least we'll find out who's in. Wouldn't it be great, or maybe not so great, if life is good? Drew the rail and Nick's go drew that post two side. I'd like to see him draw a post one and post two. No, I wouldn't want that. It's too easy. Then they have to duel. Right. There's no there's no way around that. But I don't know, man. Stranger things tactical races. No. Obviously, like who draws inside and who draws outside matters, right? Because the guy on the inside can't just I mean, technically you could let the other horse clear and then, you know, lay off his flank. But um no, those horses life is good outran Jackie's warriors do that. Right? No. I mean, technically, Jackie's War or Jackie's War, uh, Life is Good might be a little bit faster than, than, um, you know, could be the tactic that I read or tease who hasn't really been riding very much. Well, one could, you could make the case that Life is Good is technically faster. You could, it's got sprinter speed. And it's not that, or excuse me, that uh, Nick's go. It's just that he hasn't really had to use that kind of speed in a long time. So it'll be an interesting tactical race. And, and I guess, like you said, the addition draw does matter a lot. And I mean, I don't want thoroughbreds fastest horse. Uh, also, is a three-year-old just a turn four, so. He's supposed to be a little bit faster, and Nick's go, you know, doesn't have any improvement left in him. But of course, he's running. He wouldn't need it, but it's possible that life is good can still be better. I mean, he, and I know it's kind of like a, and he's lightly raced for <laughs> a lost, uh, you know, factor that people consider. But four-year-olds run faster than three-year-olds, and I mean, it's said and. Uh, I guess it's it's often these days, but 
horses really don't completely mature. Um, maybe it's six, but Diana, you know, to be honest, uh, that's a lot of wear and tear on horses' legs. I'm especially when they've been since they were two. But uh, a, a full-blown five-year-old is just who's at the top of his game. We just don't see that very often. No. And you so, know what else? You know, if you go back and you think about the Saudi Cup that Nixco ran in, um, where Charlton just just outran him, <laughs> you know, just totally outran him that day. Um, you know, and there there could have been a lot of factors involved, but it still happened. So it did happen. That's true. So it's not like it's impossible to beat Nick's go. And I think, you know, he's getting a little bit of that air because he's, he's been so good for so long. Um, but you know, it's going to be a really good race. I'm interested to, to really see it. It's good. I think it's going to, going to be, well, I don't know. I don't know if we can say well worth the price of admission because it's pretty steep, but I hope it lives up to the billing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, the one thing, like, like you just kind of said, was that because the Saudi Cup is run basically around one turn, like it's an odd, it's an odd setup, and, and Nixco has been virtually unbeatable around two turns. But again, then again, no one has been nobody tried him i mean I nobody's watched... been able to re- really keep up i mean and, and most of the races just isn't enough speed but life is good ken like we said i think life is good is probably a little bit faster um early in the race than 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 life is good but yeah, uh, it's a race. great it's honestly it's a great race it's like one of those races that we just don't get very often and it's kind of been lost in the in the shuffle, really, in that there hasn't been a whole lot of talk about it. Huh. Um, I mean, think about it. Like, like there's been talk about virtually everything else, and we've been talking about it off and on for a, a while. But most of what we talked about was who the hell else is going to show up. So, um, you know, the ones that are showing up are well. Remember one thing: you don't have to, and it doesn't cost any money to run in this race. Most races, even you know the big stake races, especially, it costs a lot of money to run in those races. It's not free. You don't just enter in the race. It, it's there's entry fees, there's starting fees. Um, it's it's not uh, it's not cheap. And when you are running in a race and you don't necessarily. Uh, how do I put the? You know, you're not one of the favorites, right? You may not want to spend uh, six figures to run in a race that you're going to be fifty to one in. And <laughs> making this race an invitational is, I think, a smart move because, again, you. you uh, and I'll be honest, I, I, I was hustled into stakes over the years at a track in the Midwest, and one of the the tactics used was, you know, the track will cover the entry fees. Just enter. We need to, we need the horse. Um, and uh, actually, I, I hit the board in one of those races one time. The Jefferson Cup. I can't remember the name of the horse, but I finished third. I think my horse was a maiden. And I think there was a good horse in there, and everybody scared everybody off. But, but Donnie Richardson, may he rest in peace. 
he said to me, if you run in the race, you know, I was like, I don't know, Mr. Ramsey's going to want to spend money to run in this race. And he's like, no, don't worry. Uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll cover that. We just need, we need entries. We need, because we'll, we'll make more money on the, on the, the betting. But, um, you know, like the Breeders' Cup Classic, uh, it costs $150,000 to run in that race. Winning you're in. So if you don't finish one in top five, you lose money. Um, so it'll be a, it'll be an interesting race. Like I said, it's, and you go back in history, a lot of the great races weren't, they weren't always 15 horse fields like secretariat's Belmont, right? Might be the most famous race in modern history, at least in this country at five. Well, that's why the, you know, the lack of, interest in running in the Pegasus kind of makes me scratch my head a little bit for all the reasons you just stated, you know, it's free to enter. It's like, it's free roll. Like why not? You get third, especially this year you get third. It's a win. Yeah. Third is uh it's a win, you know, a couple hundred thousand. So, I mean, you got to pay the jockey, you got to pay the trainer. So, yeah, but still ahead. <laughs> no, that's what I, I'm saying. It's, it's not, it's not 300,000. No, you have, you have to make, you know, you have to pay people. But, um, I mean, look, last year, third was 290. So, 290, 5% to the jockey, 10% to the trainer, um, 29 and 30, uh, 40, about, I figure about 45. So about two forty-five. It's not bad. No, it's not bad at all. Especially you can get two forty-five and get beat by fifteen lengths. Right. You don't even have to win. Yeah, just today. Listen, guys, just don't. People don't run. I mean, last year Nick's go was a, was a favorite, right? He was like six to five, seven to five in the race. They got twelve in there. But you know, you go back through the field, right? Harper's first ride. Where's he? Nowhere. Mr. Freeze. Where? Tax. Math Wizard. Last Judgment. Kiss Today Goodbye. Coastal Defense. Code of Honor. Sleepy Eyes Todd. He retired. Independence Hall. He retired. Jesus' team. I don't know where he is. Um, <laughs> like, the field's all gone, you know? Nick's go is like the last one standing out of that group. So, you, even when you look at the Breeders' Cup Classic, right? You, you look at, now, Stiletto Boy is is uh, is actually coming um, there was uh some issues with the plane from California that had five or six of the yeah the horses, I heard that. you know there was a pilot issue or but apparently it has been solved and the plane will be coming tomorrow. Um, but you know you look at look at the Breeders' Cup Classic, right? Who's coming out of there? Next go. Uh, Medina Spirit unfortunately has passed away. Essential Quality is retired. Hot Rod Charlie's in Saudi Arabia. Stiletto boy who uh, you know has got to figure out how to make up ten lengths. He um, he's coming. Art collector is not Tripoli. I don't believe is no. I think, I, I think I, he's I, keep staying out and running in a sprint race out there. And, mm-hmm. and Max Player no never runs good outside of New York. It's bizarre, actually. He he's got. For whatever reason, he has an affinity for Belmont and Saratoga and those mile and a quarter races. There's like quite a few horses like that over the years, you know, that just his don't... record outside of New York was, was I think he won a race as a two year old, I think at Parks. But 
I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, he, he just is not, you know, he doesn't he doesn't show up. It's crazy. A horse for a circuit. Well, like Chess Chief. The fairground. Yes, Chief. Unfortunately, Chess Chief circuit, circuit is not this one. He's, he's coming to, you know, probably get hot and dirty. But, uh, you know. He is coming. Like I said last week, it would probably be a lot more interesting race if it was just a match race. If there was just two in there and they just like, they just squared off, right? <laughs> just you, man. Put them out there. Just, just let them roll. But um, telling you, don't count everybody out. That's all I'm going to say. Well, I mean, upsets do happen. Look at the uh, the stake, the derby prep, the only derby prep this past weekend at the fairgrounds, the Lecompte. Which um Clooney Midnight Twitter didn't rallied rally. from, from way back and, and it literally seemed that every single person on Twitter <laughs> had that horse. Everyone. I know Craig out of David Aragona. I know Bruno was uh, talking about it. Uh I know somebody, I think uh I think uh, Vic Stauffer picked him in, in um and had the exacta in the uh the contest, the El Hombre's contest. Vic's got a huge lead. Uh don't be cheap speed, Vic. <laughs> but uh yeah how'd he go off 28 to 1 i don't know everybody I mean, on twitter had him i admit it like i i i just didn't see him in here and i just don't i'll be i'm not sure and i didn't bet this horse either so it's not sour grapes but i didn't know why joel rosario felt like he had to send that horse uh epicenter is quite as hard as he did i thought he would he would just try to lay off surfer dude like he did last time. I mean, surfer dude isn't really in his class and I figured he would just use him as a target, but he sent him pretty hard out of there. I mean, they went, um, and I think fairgrounds is a track that actually has times that are correct. They, uh, they went 23 and two to the, to the quarter and they went 23 and three, the second quarter and went 47. And it just didn't seem like, like he needed to do that. I mean, he shook free uh, the horses who were chasing him were Blue Kentucky, who who actually I thought would stretch out, and he just didn't. Um, and Surfer Dude, you know, who we talked about, and he put those horses away pretty early. Uh, and Papa Cap made a made a run up the inside, and I wasn't convinced that that Papa Cap was going to be fully cranked for this race. I mean, it's a low point race; it's early in the season. I was actually a little surprised to see him, um, to see him in there. But um, you know, he made kind of a, a move up the rail, and, and then really kind of flattened out. Uh, and, and Epicenter, you know, fought gamely, but uh, Call Me Midnight just got up, and I mean, he had all the momentum. And Jimmy Graham, you know, did a good job of saving ground the first turn, and and just got him out. And that long stretch, he just ran him down. But uh, I mean, he really wasn't wasn't a horse that I just didn't see a horse number one winning the race like that, and. Um, I just completely, you know, I, I just completely missed. Yeah, I I thought the same as you about uh, Epicenter. I thought he would not go head and head, you know. It was a little surprising. But, I mean, I guess if you're in Joel's shoes, he's like got beat by a half a nose. Oh, I understand. But, but I mean, I, I, I guess, you know, I don't know. I just don't know why he didn't want to to, to replay off slightly. The, 
just to repeat this right the setup that had that worked last time i mean you, you can't be afraid to surf i mean especially when surfer dude has the rail right you know he's gonna have to to send out of there because that's that's what he does and you know he 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 got beat off pretty good last time. So it's not like you have to really worry that he's going to shake free. And I'm not saying like, you know, let him get a two length lead, but, but he seemed intent on getting to the lead. So I don't, know, maybe that was, maybe that was what they, you know, they had wanted. Um, but uh, I mean, he ran a good race, but uh, I mean, I honestly could make a case that he ran the best race. Yeah, he definitely did. In my opinion. You know, Cyberknife was kind of a disappointment, you know, after finally, you know, winning since he had <laughs> tried maidens. He essentially won maiden races almost three times, but he got a wide trip and, and just completely spit it. And, uh, you know, everybody else. Yeah. I mean, I there wasn't, I mean, Trafalgar kind of just chased along and yeah, he he's did. a little slow. You know, I trained a horse named Trafalgar. Did Lucas actually... have a horse named Trafalgar at one point? Huh? Lucas. Didn't he have yes. Uh, I think Baffert had him too. I, I could be wrong, but I claimed him um, way back when. Um, yeah, this was in, he's in the 90s, wasn't he? No, it was 99. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I remember that positive. because it was the Lewis's that owned him. Yes. Yes, and, and it was not a great claim. <laughs> <laughs> must have paid a lot for him, too, because I know he um, keep claimers. I want to say 75000 something like that, but um, uh, I don't exactly remember. I remember seeing him run in Saratoga. That's, that's one thing that stands out in my mind. Yeah, I got to be honest. I claim him. And um, <laughs> I, I do re recall that uh, he was a pretty good horse. He won. Um, what did he, he win? He, yeah, he had a big race that he won. I'm, he used to run second all the time. Uh, he won the Lafayette at Keeneland as a three-year-old. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. And he, I mean, he finished second in the Reaver Ridge. He finished third in the King's Bishop. Uh, he finished second in the Jerome. He finished second in the uh, the Vernon Underwood. Um, the perennial runner-up. Yeah, he finished second in the Maryland Breeders' Cup. He finished second in the, the True North. He finished third in the Suffolk Breeders' Cup. Uh, he finished second in the Afanamanon. <laughs> so he's basically like, you know, the sprinting midnight bourbon. <laughs> Um, trying to think of where, what, uh, yeah, here's, I think, I think I claimed him at Saratoga. Yep. I claimed him at Saratoga for 75,000. Ooh, 75. Yes. He finished third that day to Lumberman. And I, like uh, that you know, I remember him too. Yep. Trafalgar. He was uh, Wayne Lucas, Bob, and Beverly Lewis. <clears throat> and I remember I ran him back, I think, at the Meadowlands. At night? <laughs> yes, on the turf. Uh, I was kind of hoping it would come off the turf. And, you know, when the horse that kind of... Um, I mean, by that point, he had kind of, like, you know, shown what he was, right? 
but uh, I figured maybe we'll try them on the turf and, and maybe, you know, it'll, it'll wake them up. And the Meadowlands has always had a really nice turf course. And it's always nice turf course. And uh, I ran over there and he didn't do any good. And I gave him some time off. And uh, I don't remember, like, if he got claimed from me or or what. But, um, yeah, we brought him back and tried him in the Nuriev at Keeneland. Hmm. That, that didn't want to go so well. Then he was really, you know. I don't think he got claimed for me. I think I, I think I gave him to. I think I sent him home, and I think they sent him. Uh, they sent him to another trainer. He got claimed away. But um, yeah, he was. I I, I knew there was a named Trafalgar before. Anyways, for uh, stupid information that no one cares about. Um, the Louisiana Stakes was actually a far better field than you would normally see in, in a grade three hundred fifty thousand dollars race. And in the old days, Mandolin and uh, Midnight Bourbon would have been in the Pegasus. If there was a three million dollars race the following week, um, with no entry fees, and this was nineteen ninety five. There's no possible way those horses would miss, even though Mandolin and, and you know, is trained by the same owner, um, excuse me, the same trainer as, as Nick's go. Trying the old days, they, they would have been in there. Mm -hmm. But uh, but it's not the old days, and that's what it is. And Mandolin ran a really good race. Um, and, uh, I mean, I mean, what do you, what do you, what was your take out of the race? I mean, it was, it was, <laughs> I think it was more an indictment on, on Midnight Bourbon than it was Mandaloon. I, I think it, it just didn't seem like Mandaloon was cranked up for that. He didn't run like it. I mean, he, he beat a horse that just doesn't want to win. And it serves as a good prep for, you know, going to Dubai or Saudi, which I think they're planning on doing. So, I mean, it, he wasn't fully extended, I didn't think. Um, and I think Craig Milkowski said on, on Twitter that, you know, the, the margin of victory was a little deceiving because Mandaloon wasn't losing. It wasn't. He was much, much better. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting that, you know, you rarely get two races run back-to-back um, -back that have top horses in it, but you know, we, we had a chance to see that mm -hmm. in this race and the pace in the, the comp was, was much, was much faster, um, way faster. It was 47.01 where the pace in the Louisiana, which was the race previous, the pay, uh, the, the, uh, midnight bourbon got to the half and, and 48 and uh, 0.25. Um, now they came home far, far quicker in louisiana which of course they should uh, their final time was 142.52 which i think was really uh, an excellent time that final time for the comp was 144.36 um but i thought it was a really nice return for mandolin but again i you know he almost got a downgrade a little bit just because um 
I'm not really downgrade it, but just take it with a grain of salt because he did run down a horse that just never seems to hold on. And Midnight Bourbon never runs bad, but I was saying on Twitter on Saturday night, like, can you remember a top horse that has squandered as many, you know, good pace scenarios as Midnight Bourbon has? And and a lot of times he just got outrun in the last days, right? The the exclu- uh, elusive qualities or exclusive quality, whatever the hell that horse's name is, essential quality. Um I mean that was a that was a real throwdown in the Travers, but Midnight Bourbon got a really soft lead, soft lead, really soft. That was slow pace, and he tried to get away from him. And, and I remember arguing with the guy because I was like, "Well, he should have tried to get away from us." I said, "Did you watch? The guy was in a drive. He was trying. <laughs> he was in a drive going into the final turn. Well, he was trying to get as far ahead. He just doesn't have that kind of quickness, and he he just seems like." I don't know if it's, I mean, they tried blinkers on him, right? So it was just kind of maybe to to see if that was going to sharpen him up or, or keep him focused or whatever, but. Same result. Exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. And it's hard to really come up with a, with an apt comparison. And of course, he's just starting his three, you know, his four-year-old year, but uh, I thought he would be a better four-year-old than he was a three-year-old. And I don't think he ran particularly bad. I think he's just a horse that. For whatever reason, just doesn't finish in his races. He I think he's always just, loses oh, ground the last eighth. I think he's just a cut below top echelon. You know, he he's not technically a grade one unless he gets the right field. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like it's mind boggling. He's like Tacitus two point except he finishes second every time instead of fourth. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that is true. Um, I don't know where the hell they're going to go with him. It's kind of. Are they going to cut him back? That was my first thought is cut him back to like being a miler type. But he can't get those kind of slow paces. He's going to get outrun going a mile. Right. So what do you do? You got to drop him in class somehow. (laughs) I mean, he's. Well, for. uh, Allowance race. He's uh, uh, he, he two allowance race going along in the dirt is a race that uh, goes like much anymore. I guess Oaklawn, if if anywhere, would would be the place where a race like that would go. But uh, yeah, like maybe just just like bring him up the ladder, the lead and, yeah, and uh, you know, be up. I don't. It's, it's all has a big. You know, the hundred fifty thousand wasn't the you know wasn't a big money. Can Compared to what's coming up, three months, three million, twenty million dollars, and sixteen million dollars. Um, it's a good question. I mean, it really it's a good problem to have, right? I mean, you have a horse that's almost assuredly going to hit the board or have a shot at hitting the board, but he just never wins. Pick up a lot of money, but I don't know. Tough to say. He has a he has a huge following too, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, he he definitely, you know, gives everybody the thrill because <laughs> he's gonna be on the lead. Well, he'll be on the lead if the, if there's no one to challenge him. 
24. Two, 48. I mean, actually shaded three. Um, I mean, 24, three consecutive. It's almost actually a little strange. His second, for his first quarter was 24.39. Second quarter was 23.86. The third quarter, 0.98. The fourth quarter was 23.98. And then, you know, when he got wore down, 16 and uh, 6.31, which is fast. I mean, that's, but the, going on 16th. Pretty good. I mean, it's a good time. I mean, they're they're pretty good horses. He's a horse that's. I mean, his his two biggest wins. <laughs> they finished first, and I, he's won Derby at some point. But that's um, also, you know, one of the things to think about too with Midnight Bourbon is, it's just maybe the horses that he's gone up against are just a, a little bit better. You know, not even for the fact that he yeah. ran bad; they were just better. <laughs> No, I mean, he, you're right. He might be his type of horse. Yeah. A 4A, as we call and it. And honestly, the truth of the matter is that a race like Louisiana Stakes, Danny second at the fairgrounds, you usually don't catch mandolin type horses in that race, right? You, you, the, um, the, the chest chiefs. <laughs> so, no, another another winner for uh, into mischief. Some point he might just stand for one billion dollars. In, uh, but if, uh, you know, it's a little bit of sad news for with into mischief and uh, his dam, Leslie's lady, who was one of the all-time great mares ever. Um, Tricky Creek mare. Uh, she was the dam of uh, beholder. And the dam of uh, of uh, into mischief and the dam of uh, Mendelssohn. Hmm. It's pretty uh, impressive. Yeah, pretty, pretty sharp. I mean, that, that's a. Uh, there's not much else you can say. The dam of uh, but, champions but, and into mischief wasn't a champion horse. He certainly is turned into a spectacularly good stallion, and uh, like unbelievable, was was a top 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 mare. I mean, you'd have to put her in the top three four mares, and we've seen in the last twenty years. Uh, so Mendelssohn was a good horse, didn't he? He won the uh, Dubai World Cup. Um, I'm not thinking of someone else. No, I think you're thinking of somebody else. My recollection of Mendelssohn is winning on turf and dirt G ones. Right, yeah, I mean, Belmont on the what? yeah, a couple great <laughs> on the turf <laughs> and the dirt. Scat Daddy. He won the Travers, no. Mendelssohn. Uh, Juvie turf and then you wait. I thought and he then won. Kind of never. He finished. He finished second. The Catholic second. boy. That's right. I could call. Hmm. Like you, he's. Uh, he was. He was. 
Don't have my knowledge. I did? I thought you wanted more than that. Well, you don't times. That makes sense. Those, those, I don't run for a whole lot of them. And I mean, listen, he, he won, you know, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, which I think was a million dollars, right? It's at 55, I think they were 55% or something in that range. Half a million there, and... The uh, the UAE Derby was probably the big the big score. Running second at Travers, that's got to be a couple hundred thousand. So, you know, I mean, he was uh, a, a good two year old, got yeah, a mile, got on the turf, and he was a type horse going along. So, five thousand. He does stand at uh, at Ashford, Coolmore. So. So we'll see. Is uh, he's had some some yearlings. Oh yeah, uh, seen the full pictures. Two year olds this year. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how they uh, how they how they show. You never know. I mean, if he's if he's ten percent of his brother, he'll be a, a or his half brother. He'll, he'll be a pretty decent stallion. <laughs> it's funny though how, how a horse like. Hit right and just um, I mean, so many stallions go to with impeccable credentials, and they just too much. And then one like him comes and you know, in the beginning, you know, we kind of thought maybe intermittents were just more, you know, one turn kind of. Sprinters, right? But then, authentic you know, <laughs> happened. And authentic happened, and life happened. And I mean, he still has a lot of really good sprinters, but uh, he's just, um, you know, I guess Golden Sense was really the first good horse, right? Yep. Yeah. And he's turned out to be a pretty good stallion too. Oh. So, anyways, just got to do the anti cold dance for a couple days. Yeah, we'll see. How... It is Florida, and the weather that... does change. I just hope it doesn't change for the worse. Right, we don't we don't need to go any lower than what they're yes. predicting. No, and we don't need any. Oh, no rain! Even rain would be really no rain. Really we don't sick. need the rain. That was the worst. Yeah, I mean, you could hardly see City of Light win that race. <laughs> it was warm, and, it, and it, I remember it was raining that morning at five o'clock in the morning. It was pouring out pouring out and it, and it it stopped for a little while and then it started raining again before po first post and, and and peter miller was crying like a baby oh, they kicked the, the, the turf race stuff. Uh, sprint turf sprint race i'm like but you know like serious yeah come on short guy use your yeah. <laughs> cry baby but uh yeah that there was 
We probably that, should do a little bit of a, we, we rain. Do a later this week. That's right. We can. That rain gave us hidden scroll, though. That rain gave did us it, hidden scroll. It, it, it did. It, it unleashed hidden scroll onto the racing scene. and At 8 to 1, mind you. Little did we know that that was going to. That was that was the. That was going to be the highlight of the career. That's not a guy that usually has win by fifteen lengths first time out, but but you know he never he never got it. He never really came back to that. He had a couple decent races. What did he run in the Fountain of Youth, and he got that horse of Mejias and. Oh yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Never... Star crossed, yeah. I guess we'll call it. I um, felt there's actually um, a derby prep on Saturday. Yeah, Southwest, yeah. correct? Southwest, which field as many of the races that. Uh, Oklahoma, uh, 12 horse field, kind of interesting group of horses. I, I don't know that there's any, uh, uh, Mr. Baffert does ship in New Grange. Um, Just wake a couple me up. Of other West Coast, uh, Phil D'Amato, Don't Cross the Devil, dips in. Uh, well, he was going to run the. He got sick or something, or got a quarter cracker. I don't remember. There was some kind of issue, but he, he looked like he was a pretty decent horse. Mr. Lucas, Lucas has got one in there. Good nightus. There you go. Um, Mr. McPeaks. Mm-hmm. Of course, has Costa Terra for the Gunrunner Connect. On Moquette, our man has Osborne, who drew. Mr. Asmussen's. Yeah, Barbara Rhodes talked about him, didn't we? On here. Yeah. I thought he yeah. ran good in that first uh, prep. He I did. He... Yeah. yeah, just wait for Wharton runs. That's Wait-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-
Yeah, he's well, I def- can tell you one thing. Those West Coast horses, they better send night sheets with them because when they wake up on Saturday morning, the temperature in Hot Springs is going to be 25 degrees. Yeah, 25 man. crispy degrees. Yep. There may not be training on Saturday, Saturday morning at Arkansas. Uh, <laughs> track might be a little bit crispy. Last year, so. they had a snowstorm or whatever. Yes, that terrible snowstorm. Man, that, they, was, that, that was crazy. Yeah, that knocked them out for almost two weeks. That was that was like crazy, crazy. But uh, they're they're supposed to be cleared, so it doesn't look like any rain. They've had a they've had a lot of rain. Of course, this is the first year that Oaklawn has ever started in December. Generally, they're just starting now. Now, right? Yeah. So, um, I'll be honest. I, I don't really follow Arkansas Central Arkansas weather patterns, so I wasn't aware that December gets a lot of rain, but. Man, every time you look at Oakland, it seemed like it was a uh, sloppy track for a while. But but they run for enough money where everybody deals with it. <laughs> no turf either. Just so you know. No turf. No tapita either. <laughs> hey, don't be slandering my track. The track sucks. <laughs> yeah, I was I was talking to somebody about that the other day. And, you know... I guess, I mean, you you understand my style of, of handicapping and betting the races that somebody like me just doesn't mind that sort of thing. Uh, somebody like you. Yeah, because, you know, they're, they're using... You're, you're, you're betting Australian harness racing at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but I'm hitting, like, though. And and they don't even pay you when you win. No, they're still it's betting hit. it. And, and like, you bet... You, you bet... Every track. No, I don't bet every track. Almost. I sniff out certain things, and I try to capitalize on it. Let's and put it this way: long your um, your your menu of tracks that you're willing to wager on. Oh yeah, it's very it's significant. significant. Yeah, if I find something I like, because I'll peruse and look at everything, and then kind of what I do is I'll say, all right, well, here's a race that I think there's an opportunity. I'm going to build a bet around either this race in this race or out of that race. And I have okay luck with it because, you know, over the, I'd say probably about the last five years, I've been really concentrating on trying to find races that will produce a lot of chaotic results. And that's, those are the ones I want to get involved with in some way, whether it's, you know, multi-race or verticals or, in any way, shape, or form, because if I'm right, then I'm going to get paid. And no, some of there, them, there's, there's no doubt that a guy like you doesn't, because you, like you said, your, your handicapping style is is really more geared to races like that we're seeing that don't have a whole lot of form in in, in a lot of ways, but. Uh, Unfortunately, industry, there's not, you know, we can't clone you and have thousands <laughs> of you firing and sending. But, um, no, I, I, I understand. But I, I also understand why people don't like it. And yeah. Yeah. That's what that was my other point is like, I, I understand because they're usually cheaper horses that are very inconsistent. And some people just, it, it maddens them, it frustrates them to, to even 
look at races like that. And, and it does me sometimes, like if I get, I don't know, like burnt out a little bit, I'm looking at past performances all the time and that sort of deal. It, it, it is mind boggling because every horse looks the same. They all lose by 20 lengths and they're like, what's going to happen here? You have no idea, but those, you know, and then I kind of flip the switch and be like, well, this is what I want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, and I, you got to also understand too, that um, the one thing about turf racing was that number one, yeah, right. You don't see these these huge gaps, and even when your horse gets beat, they, they usually they're pushing somewhere within um, the the photo finish. I have thirty lengths behind, like you see in Tapita, where they're sometimes. But um, there's no and breeding. Like most of these horses don't have any tapita form and the and the track that yeah. that's made the blend here where else it, it was a new blend right it's it's for um this south florida you know <laughs> this was the idea gonna put together a special blend this uh a track right it's completely different than what you would get at woodbine uh or or prescott or or so it's kind of a new one. It's not even the same as the other ones. And look up a, a horse, and most horses you can agrees and and pretty much say, yeah, yeah, I think this horse, or the, I, you know, this horse doesn't really show any turf breeding. When Tapita, we we really don't have any or very much, right? That's it's kind of an unknown, and the inside is not good. No, um, not at all. <laughs> no, a lot of people have tr- when the track, the tracks that when the inside is not good, becomes difficult to figure how the race is going to be run. It's a lot easier figuring out who's going to be able to save ground, right? Who's going to get to the inside, especially in turf. It's almost like you're handicapping the opposite of a turf race, and I think that is that is one thing that bothers people and some other complaints I've heard is that, you know, places where horses are 11 wide and just go right on by like ground loss doesn't matter. And then speed is great. And other days speed is, it just seems like, um, like there's no consistency, which is, you know, Piper is looking for, he's looking, you know, he's, he's looking to zig when everyone else is zagging. And I've seen, tickets and i've seen you win a lot of uh on horses that aren't easy to come up with so i know that you're really successful at doing this but it's just it's hard to teach old dogs new tricks and uh well i think the other thing is too is just the lack of turf racing and and listen there's issues with the turf course here and you know it's going to need to be fixed and and that's one of the reasons why they're than than you know they would love to run more on the turf, but you know, like I said it's it's not, it's not as, a, as a surface that you can strip back, figure it. Settle. You know, a week later, it it's 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 it can be right, but turf is grass grow not the same. So, so anyways, yeah, I mean the we, one thing about the tapita versus the dirt. 
is they play really opposite, like you were saying, you know, inside speed on the main track. To Pita, it's outside late speed. So, it, it you know, the slingshot maneuver works very well on the Tapita, where, where horses just slingshot on the turn, come way wide. I, I, there was a horse that did it twice um, in the past, like, month. Uh, that actually won yesterday named Richie. Um, cheaper type horse. Edwin Gonzalez rode him the exact same way, and 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 it just works. So if you if you look through any of the the replays, anybody listening, um, if you go and look at that horse run the last two races or last three, you can get a good idea of what a, a good Gulfstream Tapita horse. Well, like the the one tip, Tapita's. Is uh see who size is riding because he's winning two percent on the Tapita. Yeah, Paco came out firing and he's kind of cooled off a little bit. But um yeah, but Louis Louis's probably the best on the Tapita, I think, right now. Yeah, Louis's pretty good on pretty much everything. So anything. Yeah. <laughs> but a Jose's he's a really good rider. It's funny that that like he does get um Maybe the recognition that he should. It's not the people. I mean, no one says he's a bad rider. He's no good or he's a bummer, this or that. But well, he should be included when we're talking about the top, top, top guys. So. Yeah. And Jose Ortiz is coming, I hear. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kind of thought that was nonsense that he was going to stay up there the whole winter. No way. It's one of no the ideas that sounds so good until it gets sounds really great. cold. <laughs> it sounds it, great. Until he it's gets a bitter chill last week. It was like, hell no. Nah. We're going to Florida. Pack it up. Yeah, you're, you're riding on the track and it's it's like a, a plow field. They're going three quarters and one sixteen and I had enough of this stuff. Oh, man. Uh, it's uh, uh, in a couple winters and uh, I worked for for Pistol Pete Fariola in early 90s and uh, we were stabled at Aqueduct Um, and believe there's not a whole lot of colder places than when you're walking across the from the the back side, and that wind starts blowing, especially when it's airport wind too. Well, yeah, because you have the airport right next door, so so you have no natural barriers, and just coming right off the bay, the wind would blow, blowing from the south. <laughs> it would be chilly, but um. Yeah, they, you know, the track, that, and that's back when they had the inner track. Mm-hmm. Inner track was actually, um, it, it took a lot. I mean, people made fun of it, but the track always pretty good shape. Uh, you know, they put chemicals in it. Your horse got like a cut in her leg or something. You have to make sure you really cleaned it out. Otherwise, it would blow up like a, a balloon, but... um 
surface. And at least back in the day. But, um, you know, now they have that track that they use all year round. So it's the composition and it's just oh. slow in the winter. And yeah, you know, when it's getting really cold at night, you can't put a lot of water on the track because it'll freeze. And when the track clumps, when it, when you get those lumps and the track starts yeah. to freeze and it's, it's just, that's, that's bad. That's, that's not good. It's bad for the horses. It's bad for the jockeys. It's just bad. Um, Over the it, last month, it's been a super highway. The inside has been just like a carpet. <laughs> yeah, the last what week or so, Trevor Even McCarthy has, has picked up oh. on it and is, is just going to the rail every time, and and he's winning. He's winning everything. Literally, like four a day. <laughs> yep, teamed up with with Mig Junior and uh, my guy. Doing doing really good. Nice. He's a nice kid. And really good. Trevor's dude. A, he's a really good dude. And, um, he's fortunate. He's not quite as tall as his dad. I remember his dad would would be running from horse from barn to barn. He would have saran. He would wrap himself in saran wrap, and then he would have like three jogging suits on, and he would literally run from from barn to barn to barn to get on horses in the morning to breeze horses and. Just to try to stay some semblance of uh, close to close to what they had to do, and jocks had to do a lot less back then too. They have raised the weight, so it's not quite as bad as when they had to do one ten, one twelve. At least now, I think one eighteen is is the is the bottom, which you know still might be a challenge for some of the bigger riders, but it's it's realistic. I mean. If you if you struggle to do one eighteen, you're gonna really struggle to do one twelve. <laughs> I remember when Churchill would first start riding three and up races. Usually it was the week after the Derby. And back then we used to get a lot of weight. I don't remember if it was scale or not, but we used to get, I think, like I probably should could look it up. Um, I think three-year-olds got in like 108 and oh boy, and I think the older horses were in at 120 or 122. And, um, when you could get Pat day and, and you being at 108, it was such an advantage, man. It was like, because, you know, back then Pat day, I know people like him. Though, I hate people, some people hate him, but when you rode him at Churchill in his heyday, like when he was the guy, which Pretty much was, was going to say know, his whole, whole career. His he whole was... career, right? <laughs> but um, it was like, I mean, it was like a head start. <laughs> you got Pat Day and, and and ten pounds or twelve pounds. Come on now, that was a that that was a real big advantage, a really really big advantage. But now, you know, I mean, you just don't see that weight anymore. I mean, uh. I mean, handicaps are basically dead. It was weird that they ran the the, uh, the Louisiana handicap um, <laughs> at kind of strange weights. And uh, one of the horses that really was a long shot I had to carry like 124 in there, 122. I had to give like four or six pounds to... Um, to mandolin and midnight Just bourbon, best horses in the race, <laughs> and and it was because of a win last September. 
And like, listen, fairgrounds, guys, fix that. That's the key. Well, what does that race have to do with today? It was number one. It was a three-year-old race. This is an older horse race. And that's a long time ago, man. I mean, come on. Yeah, too long to penalize him for it. <laughs> Way too long. <clears throat> I mean, that, there was a horse in there that just absolutely didn't, um, you know, he, he's supposed to, to carry that kind of weight. I have to give six pounds to those horses. Um, It just doesn't make any sense now. I mean, when horses ran a lot, it was a different story, but the way horses run these days, penalizing a horse for a race in, in January for a race that was won in September. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not for that. I'm looking at a race. All right. I'm looking at a race here. May 25th, 2000, an Oscar for Bert. Pat Day won. I, I ran him against older horses. He carried 111 pounds. And the runner-up uh, was a horse named Connie's Magic, who carried 123. So we got 12 pounds in Pat Day. Uh, you know, the real question is, were you favored? Yes. <laughs> yes, we were. We were 8 to 5. And um, he won by 2 and a quarter. So back then, 3-year-olds carried 111. Older carried 123. So at the end of May, horses were getting 12 pounds. 12 pounds. And actually, there was weight allowances. Hmm. Uh, it was the, the rate, it was an allowance race. Three and up have not won a race other than maiden claiming starter or two races. Non-winners of a race other than claiming allowed three pounds. Non-winners of 12,400 allowed five. Non-winners of a race on the turf allowed seven. Uh, clearly, we didn't get any of the weight allowances because um, we got in at 111. But, I mean, that that right there is uh, the definition of an advantage. I think these days, I think that you, you might get five. You might. You might get five pounds. And they run three and up races like now. Yeah, right. This time of year. 20 years ago, that would have never, ever, ever happened. No one would have run it. No, no one would have run a, a, a just turned three-year-old against older horses. They just wouldn't. Not in January, February, or March. That's No, right. no, no. That, that just wasn't. It just wasn't seen very often. And, and like I said, I, I think if we were getting 12 pounds... At the end of May, <laughs> what would they have been getting then? 16, 18? Then with weight allowances, he might have had horses getting it at 98. But though, the Louisiana Stakes should either be a handicap or it should be equal weights or, 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 well, you mean if, or, or make it, make it a, a 45 days. You know, if a horse has won a stake in 45 days, he carries two pounds more or something like that. Or if he's won a graded stake. Or you know, you know, maybe if he's won a grade two or grade one, right? Th those horses dropping into a grade three should give some weight, but, but, um, yeah, that that was kind of you know, and these are the things that just don't get talked about, right? And and, and just kind of no one says anything, and the trainers get get accused of complaining, 
and you know people kind of pick your spots but it just doesn't it just doesn't make any sense like right i mean how, how did that when you have 30 to ones that are giving six pounds in a race and meanwhile if they made it a handicap it, it would have been the other way around so just make them equal weights right i i mean there was uh somebody was talking about this last year about the the triple crown races how derby point races should be equal weights and and they're not really wrong they're not really wrong i mean you're running for points in these races let's face it that that is what these horses are running for sure there's a purse no one's going to turn the money down but <laughs> no one's not running in that race because they you know or, or no or excuse me, no one's running in the race because oh we're getting four pounds it, it should be equal weights Derby point races should be equal weights. They're stake races. Just make them all one twenty-two. Bang! You you brought that up. Was it me? <laughs> yeah, I was. I'm pretty sure you were the one that brought that. Oh, up. Well, I know we talked about it, but I might have stole the idea from someone else. But <laughs> it, it, it is a good idea, and it just is. Um, it's common sense. When we stopped really having true handicaps, real handicaps, New York, I remember when I was in my teens that they had something called a, the the mandatory high weight. I, I think every race that was a handicap had to have the top weight be rated at 126 or above. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter what you carried before. It didn't matter. In that race... Um, you were carrying 126, and or the, the high weight in the race was carrying 126. I'm not saying everyone was carrying 126, but um, and sometimes trainers would put uh, if they had a, a, a secondary horse, they'd put in their good horse and nominate him to the race to get him weighted, so he would be weighted higher than um, you know, they manipulated the system a little bit. You know, if you had two horses and and uh, uh one was uh, like if you had mandolin and and Nick's go right. And you want to run Mandolin in the race. Well, without Nick's go in the race, Mandolin is probably going to be the high weight, right? Well, yep. if you put Nick's go in there, well, he's going to be four pounds high, higher higher weighted at least than Mandolin. And um, so now he's at 126, and now Mandolin is at 122. But you're not running him. Of course, the other horses are lighter as well, but it was just a way that you could keep your horse from carrying a lot. But... Yeah, it was. I understand why it why it changed, and in this day and age, when we have a hard time scraping together fields, analyzing horses, even though that's how racing was designed. Um, just I mean, do we really want horses to race less than they do now? <laughs> um, and there's been a lot of great upsets when 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 I worked for the Chief and we won the, the Jockey Club Gold Cup. And we beat uh, Skip Away and Gentlemen and a bunch of good horses with Wagon Limit. That was at equal weights. And I think we had run into Woodward or, or the race prior. And it wasn't. It was a handicap. And we got a bunch of weight and we finished up the track. So, I mean, it's equal weights for three-year-old prep races. This is my... Since Churchill won't listen to our derby prep points. You know... <laughs> 
make them worth more early. You'll have better field in the end. It'll be better for the horses. You'll have a better chance to promote horses. This, right? You have the specter of the Baffert horses. We don't know what's going to happen with them. You have, uh, you know, nobody really taken this division. Um, and, you know, last year at this point, we were looking at, um, you know, the kind of the, the Pletcher horses that started to to emerge, right? And and of course, uh, the horse I I always screw his name up. Essential quality. <laughs> he he was the prohibitive favorite. And, yeah. You know, there was a question of Jackie's warrior. Could he could he get the two turns? And um and the life is good was was had just like crushed. Uh, I guess he didn't really crush it. He beat Medina Spirit, uh, in in California, and it looked like those two horses were going to be you know players this year. <sighs> I, I mean, listen, I like Pete, right? He's he's my guy. But I don't like any of his horses. I said, there, you like you like any horses that eat the one? Nope. I mean, they're eight to one to make it. But this is the one year where it's wide open. Uh, I mean, wide open. Like I said, man, you wake me up when Wharton runs again. Then we're talking. Yeah, well, the only horse I've seen that that made any kind of impression on me so far. Yeah, and he's not eligible. Right. <laughs> it's 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 uh, honestly we, we should we we should we should just prepare, right? <sighs> this is the, today was like just a a preview, like a <laughs> appetizer. <laughs> what, what was that guy that used to be on on ESPN? They had Lester Munson. Right, that was their legal guy. They always used to go, "Let's go to Leicester," and he'd always talk about, you know, the when they had a strike or a lockout or whatever. We we need like a Leicester. That would be good. And call him, yeah. Well, he'd be like the Simpsons lawyer guy, Lionel Hutz. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you can bring the Simpsons character in, involved, it's it's worth it. It is worth it, but that that's gonna be that's gonna be the story of the spring. What happens to the Baffert horses? Well, and isn't there a hearing in February, like next week, on the second? I want to say it was for the Derby thing. The I don't be portion of it. Like I don't, I don't know. Just, I don't know that they've even actually officially filed paper. Like there's been threats both ways. Like, like uh, I guess the Baffert lawyers reached out to Churchill and kind of, you know, Hey, uh, you know, you're not really going to go through with this. Uh, let's, uh, you know, let's figure out a better plan. And I guess the Churchill guys were like, yeah, no, thanks. Uh, yeah. If you, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> not going to say it, but, uh, yeah, they were like, yeah, that's not going to happen. So, so yeah, I, I don't know if anything actually has been filed officially. I think there was just kind of threats of, filing that i guess is gonna happen and and it was really a little surprise i mean um tv thornton had done a story a couple weeks ago and, and and basically made the point that hey this is gonna happen but it probably isn't gonna happen till later down the line because you know if they can get an injunction which of course would i mean listen the the, the wheels of justice grind slowly right so getting an injunction is probably going to be able to 
push it past derby time. Therefore, if the injunction says that they can't ban him until the court rules, well, I mean, then the, the lawyers would probably be able to keep the court from ruling until after the derby. And once the derby's over and the horses have run, well, you know, it's, it's too late, right? So that was his, th his, his thought process, which seems sound. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, last week we had this, this, you know, this Baffert versus Bill Crestangian <laughs> <laughs> battle or where, where, uh, where it's just going to be, I think, like I said, today's pre today's and tomorrow's Baffert versus Naira hearing and uh, is going to be a preview of what happens with that. And I don't know the legalities nearly enough to know that, uh, you know, what the schedule would be or how long it would take, but, it just seems like it's going to be a, an issue, and I mean, at some point, I, I almost think that Baffert has to that does owe it to his owners, um, yeah, to figure out if you know contingency plan. Yeah, because if it's not going to happen, then you know, they they should at least be given the opportunity to uh, you know to 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 do to to make the move, whatever. I mean, I don't know. It's well, the one thing that 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 I you know I really you know I, I care about the result and everything, but the main thing with me is I want them to get it right. I don't want them to go through all this nonsense to be back to square one <laughs> with everything if they can help it. You know, I, obviously there's legal stuff involved that that could prevent that, but geez, just get this right. And maybe it can be a foundation for what goes on later on down the line with other people. You know, however it shakes out is how it's going to play out. But damn, just get it right. <laughs> yeah, there's a great point. And I mean, that's that's the one thing that kind of lies in the balance here is if... And, and listen, I'm a proponent of horsemen. I've been a proponent of horsemen. And tracks for a lot of ways have treated horsemen poorly, but they very rarely treat the top guys poorly. It's usually the guys that don't have any power, that don't have the ability to hire lawyers like the top guys do. And it's kind of, um, I mean, it's almost a bizarre world scenario where a guy like that would be battling with these two big track companies but um you know and, and i i just don't go for the uh oh well like he should be treated like everyone else no he should not no one else got positive in, in the derby no one else has got all these rash of positives and no one else has never not done days when they've 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 had issues shug took his days grand motion took his days uh chris clement took his day. everyone's taken their days even guys that have had one or two or a few violations and then Years, 20, 30, 40 years of, of training. They take their days. And that's the one thing that Nyrick was, was arguing today that's hard to argue against. And that, you know, no matter how many times he gets a positive test, it's always someone else's fault. And like I said, this whole thing could have been, could have been avoided had he just like come out and, you know, taken the medicine. Right. And, and that's, that's the thing. That's the damage that, that happens because, if he's allowed to run, 
I mean, we get so many people that, that comment and, and, you know, send messages and stuff. And it's almost like if the tracks can't prevent people from running, then. Right. The inmates are running the asylum. Well, then, then, in, in then <laughs> right. I mean, what, why would anyone believe anything that we say in this business anymore? Right. I mean, and, right. and listen, Stop. it was funny because I think Jeremy Ballon, you know, put uh, his, his opening tweet today was was that Baffert and Vitaly have hearing today. And of course, Vitaly doesn't. Vitaly has one, I think, in March. And listen, no matter what your feelings are on Baffert, Baffert is not Vitaly, okay? Vitaly is like, I don't know how this guy has a license. And this is a question that we've asked before and we talk about it all, all the times. These are professional licenses and, and you have a lot of questions you have to answer. And why do people keep getting licensed by the state commissions when they have multiple violations? And I know a guy who they won't license in New York because of known uh, affiliation with undesirables. And the, the main undesirable has been dead for 30 years. And they still won't give the person a license. So uh, how can that be a thing? Yet a guy... Uh, like Vitaly, who got a year suspension for, I mean, and, and, and the reason he got a year suspension was, was almost like comical. It was like a Benny Hill scene. He's running through the dormitories to go in a groom's refrigerator to grab, uh, uh, you know, whatever it was he was hiding in there to evade authorities who were chasing after him. They probably should have shot him, but um, it's like, he has he has a a a, a mile long list of of issues in a plethora of states, and yet they and New York license them. They give him a license. Now, how come you can't say, "Listen, you have a terrible record. We're not going to license you. We don't feel comfortable licensing you." And 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 say, you know what? That that's it. Because in the end, that's really what should happen. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, how can I get a two or three speeding tickets or, 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 you know, get a reckless driver or whatever it is. And I can get my driver's license taken away. Right. That affects my livelihood. That, that changes my entire life. And I'm not saying that it's okay to speed or anything. Um, cause driving down here, it's like driving a NASCAR, <laughs> but, um, but how, how can a, a professional license, it, it's a privilege. It's not a right. Right. When you've committed all these violations, and we're not talking about, you know, late to the paddock or this or that. I, I've got a couple of violations where I didn't have the full papers on file. And, you know, something like that where you find 50 bucks for, for, for uh, you know, late to the paddock or, uh, you know, off colors. That's, that's what I didn't have silks. So I remember I had a horse <laughs> and I sent him to the fair, sent her to the fairgrounds. And, uh, uh, I had a horse and I had like two or three horses that ran in my name and, and uh, I happened to have a silks in, in Florida and the horse ran to fairgrounds. So we ran a substitute silks and the horse won. So, you know, superstition. I'm like, do it again. Uh, and I got the little notice, you know, you have to, you know, you, you, this is your first warning. You have to, you know, have silks on file or you can't. So comes back a couple weeks later. <sighs> And uh, the guy from the the the, the jock room calls and says, "You know, do you have silks?" And I'm like, 
no, man. My horse won in the house silks. He's wearing those. She's wearing them house silks. So she loses. <laughs> you like, care. we're going to find you. Well, I don't care. <laughs> she wins. It's all good. Yeah, she got beat. But, um, but yeah, I think I got a $50 fine or $25 fine for not having silks on. There are, you know, minor violations. But these guys have, you know, like, like, um, this summer, uh, you, you can go on some of these, these doubt people's records and it's like some of these guys have like just Juan Vasquez. He's got ages of, of medication violations. Like when is enough enough? Like why isn't, why are the states allowing that? That that's my question is like, why? Like what, what what's bad enough to like, uh, to get you know, past right. the point. Yeah. It, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, there's got to be a line drawn somewhere. Why ask? I mean, we're going to be that way. Why ask? Why ask the guy if he's got, you know, because it says, have you ever been suspended? And you got to put everything down. And then half the time they, they break your chops because maybe you forgot one, you know, from 1998 or something like that. And you didn't put it in. The guy taught me a trick. He says, get someone, get one of the, the racing machines to print out your, your violations and just staple make it. photocopies yeah. and staple it on there. And so here it is. But, um, especially Jock, mind a lot. <laughs> but, um, it's a good case. I mean, in that, it's going to set a precedent and yes, Naira is different than um, it, it's, it's basically the judge has ruled that it's a state actor because it, there is a little bit of uh crossover that the grounds are owned by the state uh, the state has the deeds. They didn't always have the deeds to the land. Now they have the deeds to the land. So, you know, they're operating with an oversight board and it's not like Churchill Downs, which is a, you know, a, a, a for public, you know, a, a a publicly traded company, but it's a private company. It's not it, it, the state has no bearing. It's not has no government affiliation. But um, you know, people have said to me, "Well, Chuck, you know, you're for the horsemen." I was like, "Yeah, they could do it to to you." I was like, "Well, <laughs> oh wait, wait a minute." <laughs> well, why, you know, a you know, I don't have eighteen positives, and I especially don't have a positive in the Kentucky Derby. I said. <laughs> this, is, this is a little bit of a different series and, and yeah they could quote unquote do it to you but they also could not give me any stalls and, and, and do the same thing right I mean it's not as though the smaller guys have a fight in this and it's not as though they're going to be just throwing people out I mean remember we're in an age where the tracks are desperate for horses desperate for horses which is one of the reasons why guys that the, you know they're holding their nose in some cases and and allowing people to to operate, but tracks just they just operate. They just don't have any foresight, and that's the thing that that, that really gets me. I mean, we talked about the pots thing, like same thing. Guys got, you know, he they had an opportunity when Sal Sinatra threw him out of out of Maryland and said, "I, I had enough." The guy's lying. He, he's he's beard training. I mean, they had a health certificate that had Vitaly's name on it that they whited out. They tried to pass it with a whited out, and they put this, uh, the, the guy's name in there. He said, "Oh, I'm not, I'm not a beer trainer," which is just a lie. You know, it's just a lie. And and when you have so many violations, when you're getting violations in, in so many different states that you can't keep up, that's not a good thing. Problems. 
And they had a chance to do that, but they, they all, you know, who did it? Nobody. They all let him run. And the truth of the matter is if you're an owner and you, and, and you have to have one of those guys train your horses, then who needs them? Right. The, the guys who were legit, the guys who, who want to run and have a chance because they're not running against um, juiced-up horses or horses that shouldn't be running, horses that shouldn't be on the track. There's a lot of them out there, but you know what? Those are not the people that are that are vocal. Those are the people that are just walking away. And I don't see why we defend these people anymore. This is a this is not the old days. This is you know, like the microscope is on this business. And this is like the last chance you're going to get to clean this up. Everyone thinks horse racing is a given. It's not. There's no horse racing in Hollywood Park. They have a football stadium there. And if you watch the NFL this weekend, you'll see why football is going to be eminently more popular than virtually any other sport in their country. Football can almost do anything. For a while, players literally, are themselves. Literally can do anything. Yes. And Calder is gone. Arlington is gone. Suffolk is gone. Almost every track in the, in New Jersey is gone. So, yeah, it, it's it's like this is a chance to get it right. It's it's a chance to get it right. Gambling is more accepted now than ever. And yeah, we had a chance to we squandered opportunities for for years, years. Years. We treated our customers poorly for years. But it's time to like, you know, get this right. And when you have guys that are suspect running, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. And I'll say it to their face. Any If, you, if you're a punk and you want to get in my face, <laughs> anybody we've talked about, go right ahead. Try me. You won't like it. But you have a million violations? I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear your bullshit. I don't care how many owners you have. I don't care how many horses you have. You need to go. Period. I just wish the tracks would take that, that stance a little bit more. And stop being pansies. If you're willing to sue Baffert, if you're willing to go after Baffert, then why won't you go after these other schmucks who are never going to get... The, the, the give you the legal challenge that he's going to give you, right? Only makes sense. I knew this cold weather was going to be fired up. Now I want to fight people. Let's go. Well, at least I'll stay warm. <laughs> Got me ready to to drive down there and get some onion rings and look for the. Where's the beef? Where's everybody at? <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. It's going to be a, a Hagler Hearns type because I can't go 12. It's okay. There's haymakers from the start. You give them the one hit a quitter. And I'll be honest with you, the people we're talking about would run because they're all pansies. <laughs> they would run. And listen, you should run. You know who you are. You should run. 
I don't have stamina, but if I can get my weight into it, man. That's it. Night, night. A clubber lang. <laughs> Just need to talk smack like clubber lang, and then we're all set. Best shit talker there was. For a long time, they should eliminate the stewards and, and, and just have jockeys have put a little ring, like a little UFC ring right next to the winner circle. And when there's an inquiry, just have them go in there and, you know, give them five give bets. Them, See, them, uh, you don't even need five. Give them two. Five bets. Just five bets. Make yeah. more money that way. See? Yeah, we can, right. We can bet on that. We could take wagers on that. Right. Well, We will we will definitely do a, a show this week. Okay. I don't know how long. Oh, Golden beat? Sixty got beat, man. Who? Golden Sixty got beat in Hong Kong. Oh. He's going for like nineteen in a row. Oh. Slow pace. Slow pace gets more. I'm telling you, it's ripe. I'm telling you, it's ripe, man. Saturday. There ain't gonna be no slow pace. Saturday. All the elements are gonna be there. There's gonna be a fast pace. Yeah, super fast. We wanted supersonic. To where they stop at the... You know what's going to happen. Somebody's going to stumble out of the gate, and someone's going to go and have a two-length lead. I hope not. I hope it's a good race. I really do. I think I think it'll be a really... I just want to see those horses square off, turn yeah, home, I just, and just see who's best. Yeah, I want to be able to say, I was at that race. Just yes, like, was, you know, up at uh, Rachel's Woodward, which... Coincidentally, it was my last trip to Saratoga, but I was there. We got, we got, yeah, we're definitely changing that. COVID's gone like seriously the last two years, uh, 2020 and 2021 combined was like five years. It felt like it, but it seems like we're, we're moving past this, this nonsense, this COVID stuff. Yeah, I think everybody's worn out, and they're just like, well, if we get sick, we get sick. We've all vaccinated, or a lot of us have. And It's, it's kind of... Life <laughs> for the last, like... Eh, whatever happens, happens. <laughs> like, uh, was it Drago and Rocky? He's like, if he dies, he dies. He dies, he dies. <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm good. I'm all right with it. Um, Pete, uh, announcer Pete's gonna have uh, you know, a little bit of pressure, but uh, yeah, that's my nearly point. the pressure he had last night. Phil Gabe got uh, Gabe got a lead on the the trains, and mm-hmm. uh, he did a good job. Pete did a, did a really good job calling the races. That's up for next year at Pompano, like turn over the. Turn Imagine over the announcing range, but Pete can do Imagine. double headers. Yeah, it still has to happen though. I, I gotta, I gotta, gotta start putting this together. We're running out of time. Seriously, there's only three months left, man. Yeah, we're running out of time. So, so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have an announcement at some point. Little handicapping thing. Give you horses to throw out ones I like, and Barry will give you horses to win. I need to beat it. So, Ooh. so there you go. 
So there you go. All right, let's go. Let's get it. I'm ready. Like a plan, my man. All right, we'll tell. Uh, we'll like I said, we'll it, we'll go through it pretty quick. Yeah. But uh, the sniper will be giving out his special. Um. Well, you're at the on Saturday. Or Twitter us, or Facebook us, or email going circles podcast at gmail.com. Let us know. We would love to meet you. Right. Tell your sister's uh, brother's cousin to hit me up on Facebook. That's a video of you. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to be on the hunt. (laughs) See if we catch lightning in the bottle twice. (laughs) Make you famous. So, yeah, if you're if you're gonna come, check it out. We'll be here. We'll be walking around somewhere. Oh yeah, <laughs> trying to find the chicken wings. Cold. We might get those. <laughs> you know those barrels. The, the the barrels, and they put the the, the, the bums. wood in it. They, they set them on fire and <laughs> keep warm. Maybe they'll have those all over the place. Like the bums. We got we got gloves with the cut off fingertips. <laughs> yeah, should go. You should see how many pairs of gloves we can we can buy. Set up a little stand outside. Official Pegasus bought, gloves. Bought a pair of socks. I bought some socks. So you see. own socks now? I know. I had to. Can you believe it? Sid Fernando, can you believe Barry owns socks? I know. It's a miracle. It's a Christmas. 2022 is just full of surprises. A Pegasus miracle. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll uh, thank you for listening. We do really appreciate it. If you have any feedback, if you have any, do you want to call us names or yell at us or say we're stupid? That's fine. If you want to set up a fight between me and uh, somebody you think should be banned from racing, that's fine too. We'll, <laughs> we'll facilitate. Barry's my agent. You have to go. He Barry's like the Bob Arum of of. Uh... What do you mean? I'm not Don King, bro. Oh, Don King's out of business. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Golden Boy Productions. <sighs> you don't dress in women's clothes. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, forget that. I'm Jake Paul's guy. Yeah, whoever he's got. <laughs> he's made that he's made that guy really rich. Man, fast fighting, too. Fighting Quickly. bums. <sighs> fighting Nate Robinson. Oh man. Nate Robinson's still asleep. <laughs> he, he picked out the smallest NBA. What Muggsy Bogues wasn't available? Muggsy Bogues too old. <sighs> yeah, Jake's Paul's guy. Yeah. That guy's He's, he he took something and made it. He made nothing, uh, something out of nothing, right? So, well, something out of nothing made a uh, an internet sensation turn into a uh, into a multimillionaire, knocking out bums. Unreal. All right, sounds good. We'll uh, we'll, we'll hopefully see you Saturday. Saturday. Talk to you later.
Hey guys, I wanted to talk to you quickly about some of the changes coming to the Going in Circles Digest, which is our sort of weekly newsletter that we've put out that covers a, a wide variety of topics. Uh, just lately, we've added some guest columnists. Sid Fernando wrote a great piece for us a couple weeks back, and Julian Brown has really helped us out with some uh, excellent handicapping uh, articles, and we're going to expand on the handicapping, especially, uh, you know, with Julian's writing, who who used Julian used to write for American Turf Monthly, um, but it's something that uh, we we think people seem to have, be interested in, and certainly any timely topic is, is something that's going to be covered, and uh, we're going to do a lot of uh, our weekly previews, especially for the big days and, and the Triple Crown races. Uh, we also want to put it out there that anyone that has something to say, you can be a guest writer. Just contact me. There's a, a variety of ways going in circles podcast at gmail.com is probably the easiest. And we'll, uh, we'll put you out there. And we're not exactly... Uh, at the distribution point of the New York Times or anything, but we do get a lot of click-ons. And if you have something to say, well, we'll help you say it. All right, guys, if you have any suggestions, anything you want to hear about, anything you want to uh, read about, hit me up, goingincirclespodcast.gmail.com, and uh, check it out, goingincirclesdigest.com. Substack.com. Free subscription. Thanks, guys.